I'm going to go ahead and give you a bit of advice. This guy is built like a tank. You're more than welcome to go up there because my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. But if you go up there, I'm just going by the laws of physics. Two of you is going up there. Only one of you is probably coming back down. And that's on you. Thanks for the advice. Stone is sitting in her living room eating a bowl of Campbell's soup, I believe. Chicken noodle. Tomato. Tomato, what's up? Tomato toast or no toast? Absolutely with toast, yeah. Absolutely with toast. Haley Stone is sitting in their living room with a bowl of Campbell's tomato soup and a slice of toast watching television. And it's late and a program just ended, and after a couple of commercials, the camera cuts to a man sitting in a living room. Fireplace is crackling next to him. He's in a brown suit. It's all black and white, so you wouldn't really know what color his suit is. It's like an old parlor, and his hair is balding, and he has a little bit of a comb over, but the hair is still dark, perhaps black even. He says, hello, one and all. My name is Howard Prince, the owner here at KTLU television station here in Los Angeles. I'd like to thank you all for being an audience of this television station. It is a great honor, and we try to provide you with the best in education, news, and entertainment programming. And tonight, we have something very special that I think is very important for you all to see before you start getting, getting ready to go to bed. I think that every man and woman should see the following program. It was given to us by the United States government, and it it could mean the difference between life and death. Thank you again. See you tomorrow. And there is a cut to a standby image, and then a countdown. Five, four, three. I put my bowl down. I just don't, I don't want to hold my bowl anymore. I was just holding it in my hands and I set it down. (laughs) You set it down. You have like a TV tray. 
Yeah. Set down the TV tray to one, you're leaning in to see what is about to be said. And that's when we cut back to... August. Augie, you are swimming in darkness, and you feel this terrible pain in your side as you are lifted up, and for a moment, you think perhaps you're ascending. But no, you are still in that alley in Bunker Hill, and you are being lifted up by the collar by Moses Mayhew, the man who shot you. And he lifts you up and sets you up against the brick wall of a nearby building. You cough up blood, and it's dripping from your your chin. And Moses Mayhew squats in front of you, and he says, What a mess. What an absolute mess. Well, that didn't end very well for you, did it? It's not easy being a hard man, but I guess you learned the hard way. Now, I have got to go, my friend, and you're going to sit here... That doesn't look good. I don't think you're going to make it. (laughs) And when you breathe in, you have this terrible gasp and your lungs bubble and you realize they're starting to fill with blood. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. Well, and he opens up his jacket pocket and pulls out a little pad and he flips it over. I don't know what game you were playing exactly. I'm a little confused about it if I'm being honest, but the best part about my job is I don't have to know the game. I just know how to erase it. And if I can erase it, then the game never mattered to begin with. So I'm going to take this suitcase that you wanted so bad, and then I'm going to go see this... Haley Stone. And we're going to figure out why she felt the need to defend you and protect you. I have a feeling she's going to discover that it wasn't worth it. No. Yeah. Don't you dare. I think she'll be more amenable than you. Just my thoughts. You look kind of desperate. Yeah. At least she has a real job. He stands up, picks up the suitcase. Good night, friend. And he walks off. Spit blood onto the floor in his direction. Spit blood on the floor, it splatters. Your eyes glow back in your head. For a moment, you can see in the windows of the apartment building across from you people looking down and lowering their blinds. The blood pooling in in my throat and lungs reminds me of all the different times, all the countless times I've submerged myself in water and was able to summon something. And I'm going to close my eyes and focus with more intensity than I've ever had to and Use all of my magic points to cast one spell. So I'm going to cast the 
contact spirits of the dead and try and summon Millie. All of your magic points puts you at how many, Dave? So it's 16 magic points. It puts me at 80. Am I in the? In, am I in some moonlight right now? Unfortunately, the buildings are a little tall. It's fair. But I will say this. Yeah. Because you're using blood, blood makes everything more powerful. Oh. Uh, blood is going to give you a bonus die for this. Okay. Do I get the bonus for being submerged in water? I know it's technically not submerged in water, but I guess that's the bonus I think the die. bonus die for blood covers it. Yeah. What about a bonus for uh, people objects, since I'm pretty... Are you fishing coming. for another five points? I mean, just trying to get what I'm due. <laughs> because you're trying to connect to specifically Millie, I'll give you another five. All right. So we're at 85. The first roll is a 19, so that's already going to be good. Okay. Yeah, that's that's going to be the, the best one there. You breathe in, and your lungs are already filling with blood, and there's only so much spirit you can bring into you. But you're trying to communicate something to a little girl that you have been with for the last few weeks, and tonight of all nights was the night that she wasn't there with you. And looking back, maybe that was a good thing. What would you like to say to her, David? I reach up to her and and put my hand where I would see her cheek being. And I'm so sorry that I can't help you finish your story. I'm so sorry. <sighs> Haley's in danger. The man that just chop me. He's he's going for her. Please. She's sensitive to you. Find her. Warn her. Tell her to run. Yeah. Your chest is burning and everything's just really thick. And she holds out her hand and puts it on your cheek. And she says, it's okay. And you realize that she's speaking to you as opposed to signing. And she says, it doesn't hurt now. And when you look down, you're not bleeding out. You've already passed on. I look at her before she goes and just sign, I love you. She looks back at you and goes, getting better <laughs> better late than never see you soon and she takes off goodbye August Haley Stone is leaning forward, looking at this TV, and there is a man. He looks like very official looking. He's got a suit and tie on, and but the suit and tie almost kind of looks like military. And he says, it is up 
to the people of this country to ensure that they work hard to keep their communities clean. Not just their communities, but their homes. To ensure the safety of themselves, their children, their family, and their neighbors. And we have provided a video here to explain to you why it's important to practice good housekeeping. And what they show are three buildings in the desert. They are small replica houses. The one in the middle is starkly white with a little picket fence and looks very quaint besides the fact that it's maybe 12 feet by 12 feet. It's, it's enough for a room. The two houses on either side are in varying states of disarray. There's garbage on the ground. The wood is rotting. Neither of them are painted. The camera shows the insides of these houses, and there's magazines strewn everywhere. And the house in the middle, the White House, is perfectly well-maintained. It's got a nice couch, one magazine sitting on the coffee table, a vacuumed floor, and he says, watch. And then there is an atomic explosion. And you see a flash of bright light as these three buildings are, are pushed by the winds and force of this bomb. All three of them are not looking great. However, the house in the middle doesn't burst into flames like the other two houses. Then the one in the middle, and they say, see, this house is protected by a solid coat of paint and is maintained by the homemaker of the, of the house. While the other two homes, well, you can see. It is important that you are diligent about keeping up the appearances of your home. It could mean survival in these uncertain times. Purchase quality paint. Vacuum and straighten your home. Don't leave dirty dishes out and pick up any garbage you see on the sidewalk. While you're looking at this bizarre, bizarre scene, you're a tap on your window. In the room that I'm in? From behind you. What kind of tap? Like, I know. <laughs> it sounds like if I were to take like a sewing pin and press it up against the glass. Um, can I turn, I'm going to turn the volume down on the TV. I know I have to get up to do that. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to try to do it somewhat nonchalantly, but I'm going to look very purposefully at the window. You go to the TV and you hear this guy say like, now watch again in stop motion. And they're about to show this explosion again and the effects it has on the different effects that it has on each of these homes. And as the explosion is happening, you click, 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 turn it back down again. You turn back around and look at the window and you hear very clearly the tapping, but you don't see anything. What's the weather like outside? It's a... Much like the night before, the two nights before, when you guys were at Zelda's house, it's a little cool for L.A. at night. I will go over to the window to look closer. As you get closer to the window, you feel 
very cold. You feel your hairs on your arms start to stand up. This feeling is familiar. It's very similar to when you were standing with Augie at Zelda Grantham's house, and he said there was a little girl by the uh, telescope. I tap on the glass a couple of times. You get up close to the glass, and you tap on it, and you hear the tap back. The same number of taps that you do, it does those back. From which side of the glass? It. You're not really sure. Like, it just feels... Actually, it kind of sounds like it's on the inside with you. I am a little startled at that. Sure. And I, I step back from the window and I say, uh, hello? Tap, tap. Tap, tap back. This time when you get close to the window to tap again, you can see your breath. And you're now noticing that there are parts of the window that don't fog up. I breathe all over it. And you immediately see a message that says, Bad man, run. I am not going to argue with that, but I do have to tell you, I got to rinse out my soup bowl before I go. Because of what just happened? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Can we can we do a sanity check? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Feels about right. Oh no. <laughs> I super de duper failed that. You're gonna lose three points of sanity. Uh-huh. And your back is gonna straighten up, and you're just going to, in a trance, grab your soup bowl, take it to the kitchen, rinse it out, put what's less left of your toast into the garbage. I'm going to take the garbage with me, too. And you're going to wrap it up, and there's this kind of your tunnel vision. You're doing normal chores around the house, and you start heading towards your front door. Whichever way, wherever the the garbage chute is. Okay. You go out into the hallway, and there is a a chute that you can toss it into. I do that. Um, I think I... Did I... Do I have my keys with me? If you want to. I, I kind of pat my hips. I probably always have my keys on me. I... I'm leaving. I just got to get in my car and drive. I I think probably I would go first to where Augie was. I dropped him off. At his I know house? Where he lives. You'd like to go to his house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You start making your way down the stairs, out the front door. You look around, and the, like, sound of traffic, cars, of people are almost startling because you're in such an isolated environment. It almost felt like you were by yourself, like the only person on planet Earth. And now you're exposed, right, to just humanity. And it's it's suddenly overwhelming. It comes at you at an, in a wave. And the only anchor you have are the keys to the car, right? That's your sanctuary is the car. Mm-hmm. So you start adding towards your automobile, the one you, I think the one you You've been borrowing from. Oh, I have, I have a car. I wanted in a drag race. Oh, sick! All right, you go to your drag yeah. race car. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It's not. It's not a drag. It's a nice car. That's how I started driving people around. Sounds good. Get in your car, and you go to pull out of the parking lot. You get to an intersection. I need you to make a spot hidden roll. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
lower. 35. That's a win. Yeah. You are sitting at an intersection, red light. To your left of the intersection, this car starts to make a right turn, which means it's going to drive right past you. Mm-hmm. And in a very quick, brief moment, you make eye contact mm-hmm. with the same man that you saw that morning at R.A. Goodrich's. He's pulling into my apartment building. He sees you and squints, and it's slow motion suddenly as he pulls past you and turns into your parking lot, but he doesn't go all the way in. His car stops, mm-hmm. and you look up. Green light. Go. Are we driving? Are we driving chill, or are we driving? I feel frozen. I think it's because I've lost sanity. Yeah. Um, I, I think I just drive chill right now. I'm a little afraid. Okay. Yeah. You drive chill. Just for right now. Yeah. You make a right turn. Uh-huh. Start driving towards Augie's. You look in your rear mirror. Uh-huh. And you see a car quickly making the same right turn that you did onto the street. How fast is he driving? Not very. Uh-huh. The turn looked a little fast, but once he got on the street, he slowed down. I want to try to lose him without raising any red flags. How would you try to lose him? Like, describe... I would try... What it would feel like to lose this guy. It would feel like driving at, like... Like, okay, so what I'm imagining... Well, it's also like, what time of night is it? What's the traffic like? It's kind of light because we're late. So we're after dinner at, like, we're kind of about the time where people are starting to go to sleep. It is L.A., but, like, people want to get home and... It's not the kind of LA that we would think of today. But it's still like there's there's other yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah. On there's the road, cars. Right. Yeah. It's just not. So I think so, we're on Sunday, I think. Yeah. My main tactics are going to be to put cars between us, usually by like doing those like quick where you rev up and you like get into a spot yeah. that shouldn't really fit you and like you you like go in there and then like combine that with like just making lots of really random turns like turning to the right like crossing all these lanes of traffic to go to the left as quickly as I can but not driving in like a panicked way like a purposeful way like I know where I'm going but it doesn't really make sense okay does that make sense is that just driving or is that like a navigational thing or what do you think it feels a little bit like both, because like I would rely on the knowledge that I have from driving people around too, of like, is there a back alley that I can quickly take to like cut over to the next road? Uh oh, I don't like that face that you're making right now. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, your pick. However you'd like to do it. Well, if you're gonna ask me like that, obviously, and drive auto is my highest, yeah. my higher stat. So. All right. So this guy's trying to keep up with you, and I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. I rolled a three. <gasps> Shit. But you docked your drive auto stat beyond 100%. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, do I still have to roll better than a three? You don't have to roll better than a three. You just have to get the same kind of success. Oh. So half of what, what is your drive auto? It's ridiculously high. What is it? It's 130. So half of that is 65. <laughs> Right. And then a fifth. 22? 22, yeah. See, this is why I stacked it, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of paying off. It's not the best odds, but we'll see. David had way better odds. 
last week. Don't say that to me. My God. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, a 94% survival rate. And, uh, yeah. Well, oh, oh, my God. My God. Don't my dice can her. hear you. God. You got don't this, guys. You got Don't listen to him. How? I rolled a five. Oh, get oh out of town. God. Nice, nice. I rolled a five. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sick. All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So. That is beautiful. You are weaving about, and this guy might be good, but he's not Haley fucking Stone. Mm-mm. This is your, you live this life. Mm-hmm. He may live his life, but he ain't got this shit. Not at all. And you're able to whip around and... Before you know it, you've you've been able to uh, you've been able to not only lose him, but go to Augie's house. <laughs> At the end, like you were able to figure, like having only been to his house once, you're like, I can <laughs> I can whip around this way and circle around, and I'll get to where I want to be at the end of this. And as far as you could tell, he is not behind you anymore, and you pull up to this. Very small apartment. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. What's it look like from the outside? David, could you describe Bucky's apartment for me? I mean, it's a very modest place that looks like someone doesn't spend a whole lot of time there. Just like a bed and a table and, you know, not exactly the most uh, cleanly, but uh, it's dark. This is kind of garden level, small place. Are the lights on? No. I am going to, can I stash my car off the road? Sure, yeah. A little yeah. bit, uh, but not too far away. Yeah, you, it's maybe halfway down the block. You find like a little alley that the garbage trucks use. Yeah. I don't know if that's Great. how it works in LA. Sorry, LA folks, but it's <laughs> uh, Okay. So in this neighborhood, on this block, um, in 1955. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah, so I stashed that, and I'm going to sneak through the backyards yep. to get back, and I just want to tap, tap, tap on the window. Get a tap back. And I tap again just to confirm that I – where I, I want to – what I want to do is, like, tap and then, like, feel on the window pane when she taps back to see if it's on my side or the other side. It's with you. Okay. I just had the impulse to break the window. Do Dude, I have to? that shit. Is the, is the door open? Can I try the handle real quick? It is locked. Okay. Well, I, um, then I'm going to. Because you said you wanted to break that window. I did. I had. Yeah. I want to. Um, I do try the handle though, but then I like, I'm yeah. wearing a leather jacket and I use my elbow to like yeah. bash the the window in. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Crack. And I'm, I want to go in there real quick. What skill would that be? Oh, boy. I just want to know how long it's going to take for somebody to, sorry, how long it's going to take for somebody to show up and be like, what are you doing? Yeah, good point. Well, well, there's stealth. Stealth? Stealth would be it. Oh, that's better. Okay. I like that. Thank you. Stealth is great. Stealth is great. We got this dice. We don't got this. I rolled a 41 and I just have the base stat of stealth. You can tell that it was louder than you wanted it to be. You're like, God damn, glass breaks loud. (laughs) And shit. It was not like this in the movies. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) 
And you, uh, so you crack the glass, reach in, undo the lock, open the door, and you know that it was loud. You know you probably don't, like, that puts you go. probably on a little bit of edge. Like, whatever it is you're going to look for, you need to find it. Yeah. You get inside. I get inside, yeah. What's what, it like? What, what are, it? Uh, it is a pretty modest apartment, just a chair, fridge, uh-huh. table. Uh, you do see a bedroom that has a tent made from a sheet on a clothesline and uh, some blankets and a pillow inside. Like there is a bed, there's a regular bed. And at the foot of the bed is this makeshift sheet tent. That's odd. Uh, But it doesn't look like there was a struggle. There's no like bodies around or anything. Right. Okay. I got to go. David, what are the odds that she sees a book? Well, I think she should do a spot hidden, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. Look. 35 again? I promise you that's, that's actually what I rolled. That's fine. But yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the second time on spot hidden. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. that's I passed that, too. Let me mark that on my sheet. Passing mark that. Tests yeah. today. Wow. I think we might be, I don't know, we might be getting to a position where I'll let you guys level up some skills. So you are looking around, trying to see if there's a struggle, and you find a really old book. It's worn around the edges. The pages aren't uniformly sewn into place. Uh, It's maybe about six, seven inches tall by four. And it's got a ribbon in it. Flip it open. And it's an old diary. And the page you're looking at is a detailed explanation of how to commune with spirits. Yoink. <laughs> That's coming with me, but I'm not reading it here. Hockey's not going to need it. Well, I mean, if he needs it, I will give it back to him. Casey's running. Maybe he doesn't have time to come back to his apartment. I know that Moses Mayhew was looking for him, which is yeah. another reason why I have to leave. You don't want Moses to find this. No. Absolutely not. Well, that worked out. Yes, it did. You quickly get out and you can hear somebody at the front of the house going, I heard something. So you're going out the back door. Oh yeah. Climb up over a fence, rush over to that alleyway where your car is. Turn on the engine. Check in the back seat. Check in the back seat where the guy is with piano wire is going to strangle you. Ah, maybe. Nope. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, start your engine. Where is Haley Stone going? I'm going to Indio Hills. And so you pull out of this alleyway and you start driving down the road and you know the exit out of this town. You're going to fill up some gas and you're driving all night to Indio Hills. Hello again, dear listeners, it's Jay, and I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I'm stepping in for the briefest of moments to inform you on how you can show your appreciation for the work we're doing here at Out of Depth. One way you can help out is to just recommend the show to friends and strangers. Our goal is to get our stories out to as many ears as we can, so word of mouth is huge for us. 
recommending the show to your friends or leaving a review at whatever site you're listening to us at, that goes a long way to helping us find and build our audience. But Jay, you may say, can't I just give you a small fraction of my expendable income? How do I get it from my pocket to yours? Well, you can go to patreon.com slash getoutofdepth and subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you would like to. Our patrons get all kinds of behind-the-scenes info on the work that we do here at Out of Depth. They also get first view of our raw recording videos for each episode of the show, and they get exclusive access to our postseason Q&A where we, the cast, discuss the story and why we made the terrible decisions that we did. So if you want that kind of access to us, you're only going to get that at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. That money helps us pay for artists and collaborators and expands our ability to create fun stories for you to enjoy. We don't do ads or paid endorsements of games, which means support from our listeners like you is absolutely vital to our growth. If you want to be a part of that, you can do it at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. Thank you so much. And with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what dark shadows our investigators will step into next. Haley Stone, you are driving down a desert road. It's in the middle of the night. Your headlights are shining bright, and the amount of traffic that you're seeing slowly starts to dissolve to where it is you on the highway and just you, and you're heading to Indio Hills. It just so happens that a lot of the time frame in which everybody has operated has been a different, and we might be able to meet you guys up at some point. And I think that de- determine that is determined by how well, how quickly you can get to Indio Hills. And I think the best way to do that, and by I think the best way, you said the best way to do this is to have you do a drive auto roll so we can figure out how long it's going to take you to get there. So let's go ahead and get that drive auto roll. I rolled a 63, but that's under 50%. It's it's just under 50%. It's still a hard success. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Joanne Lamore, you are sitting in the lobby of this hotel. You look at the clock and it is 2.30 in the morning. And Lewis is coming out with a cup of uh, warm tea. He's still in his red onesie pajamas and he sets the tea down in front of you oh thank you lewis and i take the tea and just kind of hold it because i'm like shivering and shaking and i don't think i can drink it without spilling it all over myself but it's warm and nice philip looks at at lewis and says i think i'm gonna need something a little harder than tea and uh, lewis gives him a nod and pours a little uh, whiskey into the to the tea and um hands him a, a, a mug and the two of them sit down and everybody's kind of lost in thought for a moment as to what they saw. And maybe you're trying not to think of what you saw because it was too horrifying for words. Whether you're thinking of it or not is irrelevant because you're both, all three of you, are startled back into the real world when you hear a creak coming down the stairs. Enter David's new character, 
Uh, I got a bit something stronger for you if you need it. And I open a flask, go over to Lewis, and hand it to him. And he says, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry if we woke you up, uh, sir. I, I know you needed your sleep. I promise it's not usually this loud. Oh, it's quite a commotion. I'm a, I'm a former detective, so I, I always have to have a curious mind and investigate and see what's happening. Sorry, detective. I, uh, detective... The name's Murphy. Murphy Dorrit. Murphy. Um, I was attacked in my room by a very, very strange man, and... Ah. I was just about to call the cops, says Lewis, so they could take care of it, but I forgot that we had a, uh... An investigator here. He, he, um, That's right. We should we should probably still call the cops, or well, why don't you tell me a little bit about what happened here, and I can I can try and see if I can I can assist here. Well, there was a strange fella, and he got into Miss Lamore's room. I don't know if you're familiar with the moving pictures, but this is Miss Lamore, and she's a she's a pretty big star. I haven't watched a movie in about fifteen years, but I think I still remember your face from when you were younger. My, my, Joanne Lamore, it is a pleasure to meet you. And I Always kiss nice to meet a fan. Thank you. That's right. And David, could you describe, do you think you could just give me a little, are we talking about a silver fox here? No, well, no, he's, he's in his like 50s. He's kind of short and, and stocky. But due to my appearance role, I am not a silver fox. No. Uh, don't you worry. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have like a, a, a scar kind of like kind of above my eyebrow here and am, am, it kind of look a bit older than I actually am. Uh, just kind of a weathered kind of sandpapery skin. Yeah, this guy comes over, kisses your hand, gives you a little compliment. Mr. Dort, I, 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 I don't... I don't mean to sound crazy, but was was there something wrong with the right side of his face and his eye? What was wrong with his face? It looked sunken, like like it was missing all the the fat and water just on one side of his head, and his eye was black and had black veins from it good god they're here they i didn't think this was possible but uh, they're among us and i knew it sir do you, do you have any 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 uh part of of the body here did did uh did did you did you hurt him at all did did uh, is there any blood is there any uh well, I hit him. I hit him real good. And he holds up his 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 club. And uh, I got this from an officer friend. Uh, it's inscribed to me. It was a birthday gift. So it's it's okay for me to carry it around. But I, 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 I whapped him real good across the head. He kind of just took it, to be honest with you. But he ran off, so I think it hurt him. Oh. Uh, and he was pretty quick. I could have caught him if I had stretched did he bleed what color was his blood it all happened so fast joanne do you remember i don't uh philip you you had him tackled upstairs was he was there blood upstairs philip says i don't remember seeing any blood i just remember this eye 
black, inky, cloudy eye, and I could see, I could see myself in that eye, but it wasn't me. And you see Philip kind of trail off. Almost inhuman. Mm? Yeah. Yes. I also knocked him down in my room. I, I, if there was any blood, it would be in the hallway where Lewis hit him or in my bedroom when he fell or on the billy club. Well, I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't think we're, we're safe. Well, he drove off in a car like a man. Oh, there'll be more. There'll be more. More? What are you saying, sir? And the police can't help us. I've tried with them. I've tried with them. That's why... That's why they didn't let me do what I do anymore. <laughs> well, you said you were a private investigator. Well, I used to be a detective, but those days are behind me. The police don't believe in what's real anymore. Okay. There are things that are happening that are beyond the understanding of a, natu- of a normal layman. And there's a lot of people that aren't willing to accept it. What is this? Is... I think he's talking about, and Lois looks up from the stars. That's right. No. That's right. They're among us, and people deny it every day, but they're among us. Lewis, you said on the phone that there were flashes of light out there when everyone began acting strange, the, the film crew. Yes, ma'am. That's, well, that's what I heard. Now, I didn't see it myself. I just heard it from a couple folks in, in town. Flashes of light from the sky? No, no, what did they no. Say? From the building they got out there. They got this weird building out in the desert. It's hard to explain. People who've seen it says it kind of looks like a, almost like a mud hut, but bigger. It's strange. But they said there's the lights coming from it sometimes. Mr. Dorrit. Yes. Murphy. May I call you Murphy? Uh, of course, ma'am. You said that we might be in danger. Do you think that we need that we need to leave? We gotta warn somebody, right, Mr. Dorrit? Does that mean that they came not just for here? I mean, what actually, did he say Jay, to you? <laughs> Yeah, 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 I was just thinking that. I'm like, why, like, was my room closest to being accessed? Was, like, was there anything, like... Because I think Joanne's been in this case of, like, she's Joanne Lamore, and now we're talking about aliens. Aliens wouldn't care about Joanne Lamore. So Lewis says this. Uh, Miss Lamore, maybe... Now that film crew was here, and then them people started acting real strange. Like I said, that Bonnie? Yes. And that Cordelia? Real sweet ladies. But then they started acting kind of odd. Maybe, Mr. Dor, do you think, do you think maybe they're getting inside their bodies and stuff? Now, I risk a lot by telling you too much because I am very used to people dismissing me as being crazy. Okay. But they took me. I've been on the inside. And I've seen that they have human skins. So... I think it's very possible that if something unusual is happening, they could have been replaced. Cheese and crackers, I can't handle this anymore. This night's just never going to end. Uh, uh, Lewis, are there other people in, in the hotel? Other uh, guests besides us? We've had a lot I went of rooms straight to bed. Out. We've had a lot of rooms empty out because of the, the film crew had it all booked up. But then they stopped staying in the rooms. 
Um, there's you, Philip here, and uh, Mr. Dort. So, Murphy, he kept saying, sh- he kept telling me to be quiet, and I thought maybe he was someone on a film crew. I, I came here because I, I'd heard stories about the what was going on out there, and now, are you saying he was just trying to take me? I don't, I don't, I don't claim to know what his motive was. I don't claim to know why he chose you. All I claim to know is that there is something very strange happening in Indio Hills, and that's why I'm here. Lewis, were there other guests when Bonnie and uh, her roommate were here? Well, let's see. Yeah, there were other folks in the film crew. There was a... um... But it was just the film crew? Most of them, yeah. I mean, we we don't have a lot of rooms here, but there was uh, the two young ladies, Bonnie Hunsacker and Cordelia Betancourt. And then there was a um, there was a fella, Leonard Kemp. I think he yes. was in charge of the whole the whole thing. And then there yes, was I believe a, he was um, the director. Uh, if you say so. And then there was another fella who always had a camera on him. Uh, he had like a um. Uh, a lens. It looked like a camera lens hanging from his from his neck, but no camera body. You know what I mean? Do you, I don't know what those are. He just had a camera lens. I don't know if that means uh, anything. He, that the DP or probably the cinematographer. Yeah, the cinematographer. Yeah. Okay. And his name was um, Joseph. We called him Joe, um, but we had him. And he goes over to the desk and he flips over the page. Gilks, Joseph Gilks, and all of them were. Acting strange. Man, I'm thinking, and I know the right side of that guy's face was all messed up, but I think it was that guy with the camera lens. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I kept looking at the eye. You know what I mean? I wasn't paying attention to the rest of the face, and maybe that was him? I don't know. The the Mr. Dort here's got me all turned around. I'm starting to think the they're snatching up bodies and... Skin suits? I'm getting the damn heebie-jeebies. That's exactly what they're capable of. And uh, is there any other hotel in the area? I don't feel like we're safe here. I mean, there's there's another inn. It's about the same as this one. But I, I got a club. You guys can stay here. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you guys safe best I can. Uh, I mean, now that we know what we're looking for, I'll, I'll stay up all night. I don't think I can go to sleep anyway. Well, I advise we stay together and sleep in shifts because someone may come back. Okay. Oh, it's two thirty in the morning. Two forty-five. I don't. Two forty-five. Yeah. I don't know if I can go to sleep, but I also know that Philip, you're not in any state to drive at this point. Um, and of course I'm not either. As you guys are sitting there for a moment, trying to think of what to do next, outside of the inn, you hear a revving engine. God damn, they're back. They brought, he probably brought his freaky friends. And he holds up his club. He goes, get back, Miss Lamore. You paid for a, a good night's stay. <laughs> and I'm going to make damn sure you get one. <laughs> and he goes up to the window of the door. He stands about three feet away from the door. And you can see that you hear the engine cut off. And your footsteps coming closer to the door. <laughs> I draw my gun. <laughs> oh, I think I get down behind the desk or something or behind wherever I can get down behind the desk from not getting hurt. 
the door opens and it's Haley Stone. <gasps> Haley! You know this woman? Miss Lamore, what are you doing awake? Oh my god. You know this lady? Haley. I go up and I like go and like clasp you. <laughs> we've never been that kind of. <laughs> I don't think we've ever hugged before. We've never hugged before, but I'm hugging you now. Miss. Oh, Haley. It's just terrible. And Lewis comes up behind you guys and closes the door, locks it. He looks out. Did you, did you see anybody else out there? I lost him. You lost him? You Mo- saw him too. Moses Mayhew is on my tail. Oh. What are you talking about? Oh, um, I was attacked tonight. And Philip and Lewis here have... Dear God, I don't think I can do this. We have a little musical interlude that says, <laughs> Gail downloads all the information that we just discussed. <laughs> to Tara. Yeah. Haley. And I look dead at Murphy Dorrit, who I'm assuming introduced um themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I say what do you mean they're here? How long have they been here? I don't know too much because <laughs> no one will help me dig, but they've been here for years. You said they took you? They took me, yeah. And I lost everything trying to find out why, trying to find out how, trying to find out what they want. But no one will believe me. Sir, I believe you. Haley, have you had an experience with them? None of my own, but I have my own theories. I've never seen one myself, but I've, I've done a lot of thinking and watching. Well, I, I know I've never believed in any of this and thought it was just a mass hysteria, but I have nothing that could, could possibly explain what I saw tonight, whether it's aliens or something else. Communists? Something worse, honestly, but... Okay. Did you get uh, Mr. Strom? Oh, uh, no. I I spoke to him, but he was uh, he was gone. I I sort of look around myself, kind of absent my I'm realizing that I I'm wondering if I've brought the spirit with me. But I, I shake it off real quick and I say, I was contacted by someone that Mr. Strom said he could speak with but then he couldn't it was a very weird thing i don't you weren't there i can't i can't explain it but i don't know i got a bad feeling i also got this book which Mm -hmm. he left in his apartment that i may or may not have broken into oh well i didn't hear that oh i mean i didn't and i just put the book on the counter (laughs) and i look at it looks like an old diary that predates the 1900s. Kind of flip through it. Yeah. There's a ribbon in it that takes you to a page that is somebody in somebody's handwriting details these old revivals that used to be done in the South where this individual would communicate with the dead. In the South? Um, listen, I don't... I mean, it's really interesting that you brought this book and everything, but um, what are we doing here? I... Because I'm all turned around... To tell you the truth, Lewis says, and he he just kind of holds his hands out, standing there in these red 
onesie pajamas with a club. And he goes, sitting here in my night clothes in front of two ladies. And I'm just so sorry. I, I know that Philip and Lewis, you must be exhausted. And I'm so, I'm so grateful to you for everything that you did for me tonight. And I, I but I just, I, I cannot comprehend any of this. My mind is aware. And I, wh why would, why, why would they do something to this film crew? And Lewis is here the whole time and, and he's not touched. And I know he's not touched. I, I can't, why would he have hit his own fellow with a billy club? And, and why me? Why didn't he go for Philip, who was right there? I, why wouldn't he go for Lewis, who was right there? What? You must have been the one he was trying to replace. I mean, I'm just working at it in. And no offense to you, sir, but you just drive this lady around with Joanne Lamore. Maybe they're looking to replace you. Oh, dear God. Maybe that's why they focused on the film crew. Well, clearly, we have to go to that, uh, that film set. There's something not right there. Clearly, we need to find some way to rest tonight. Wherever or whatever we do, um, I can't think straight. I don't know that I can sleep, but I, surely I'll pass out eventually. I think that's a good idea. And then in the light of day, we'll have to see what shows its face. Everybody decides that they're going to rest. I'm sure that some of you rest lighter than others or not at all. There really should be a role for rest in Cthulhu. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's called a constitution check. Oh, a constitution check. Yeah. I got a strong if you, constitution. If you choose to not go to sleep, which is fine, but make a constitution check if you decide to stay awake. I'm, I also am watching out the front for Moses all night. That's why I don't sleep. Mm. I, I beat my constitution. I failed mine. I do try to sleep, but I do not succeed, I don't think. So we're going to see about my constitution. Uh, oh, I do succeed. All right, David. I've had many sleepless nights. <laughs> if at any point I ask you to do a sanity check for the rest of this day before you actually get some sleep, mm -hmm. you're going to have a penalty die. Okay. So I have to roll the 10 twice and take the worst? Yeah. Got it. All right. You all kind of groggily, is groggily a word? Yeah. With groggy eyes, <laughs> weary minds, you make your way back into the lobby, the front desk area of this inn. This time, Lewis is dressed in overalls and a white t shirt and has coffee brewing. I'm in the lobby. I've been there all night. You've been there all night. Mm -hmm. While you're watching the door, like Lewis just kind of comes into your peripheral and hands you a mug of coffee. I think I did the same. Like if there's like an armchair or something in the lobby or a sofa or something, sure. try sure, to sure. kind of get comfy on it. But Slumber party in the lobby. Cool. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? What is today? The first thing that I say as soon as I see everybody awake is I've been thinking and we're going to need some weapons. Weapons. Oh, oh dear. Uh, 
I, I, uh, Philip, I have a, uh, we have a, a handgun in the glove compartment. Uh, well, I have a, a gun and a switchblade, myself. Oh, that's right. There's a, there's, a, there's a bloody pocket knife over there. I dropped it on the floor behind the counter, and uh... wait, there's blood on the. Oh my god! I hear you say that you dropped a bloody pocket knife, and I go and I pick it up, but I also. I gotta clean it up. Uh, shouldn't. Oh, I, I, sorry. I, I'm thinking it's supposed to be evidence, but I mean, I have no idea whose blood that would be. But Mr. Dort said that it's up to us, not the cops. Yeah. So I'm looking to Mr. Dort to say what we should do. <laughs> well, I think uh, making sure that we're all able to protect ourselves is important. But I think we need to head to that that film set before they're able to clean up whatever mess they made. We don't even know what we're getting into. I mean, Haley's right. We definitely need to go armed, and I would say secretly, to see what's really going on there. Oh, yeah. Is Philip coming? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, did Philip make it through the night? <laughs> Philip retired by morning. He said it was his last <laughs> <He's> job. <laughs> like, this There's a it. letter on the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I um, take him aside and say, Philip, Haley's here. He, she can drive me. I think it best if you are comfortable, if you go back home to Mildred. I see. Well, I... Uh... I know this is what we both agreed would be how this would go, but I have to admit to you that it hurts a little bit. If you want to stay, I won't stop you, but I, I'm i just afraid Mildred will, won't forget me. forgive me. It's best to break it off clean. It has been a pleasure serving you, Miss Lamore. Oh. And Philip walks by you both, stops at Haley, puts an arm on Haley's shoulder and says, take good care of her. I just nod. I follow him out the door to go get the, the gun from the glove compartment. Oh, you're taking that. Okay. That's good, though. Yeah. Oh, do you think you might need it on the I'm road? I'm fucking you're terrified. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll leave it with you. I, I, I can get one. Um, Philip. Yes. And I blow him a kiss. And close the door. Philip drives away. Goodbye, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> you served your purpose well. You served your purpose. <laughs> I wish I could say I would miss you, but you came into this world a bit of a bastard idea, and um, you're going out the same way. <laughs> You two do belong on movie sets, don't you? Is there any way we can go there without arousing too much suspicion? I mean, if they're aliens, I, I don't know. Well, I think in either case, Miss Lamore, you're the one with the clout here. You're a good friend of Zelda and Walter's. Oh, yes. You're well known in the world here. Walter. He was out here. 
I've completely forgot about why we even came out here. And it was because Walter was acting so strange and the whole Bonnie thing. I mean, we were looking for Bonnie. And I mean, if she's still here, which she should still be here. But was Walter affected? I mean, I haven't seen him like that. I don't spend a lot of time with Walter, but I, enough to know that he's never like that. Who's this Bonnie that you keep talking about? She's a actress uh, that was on the film. Mm. Bonnie uh, Hansacker. Hansacker. And Walter is, says Lewis. Walter Lamb. The, the, the movie star. Don't tell me that. He was just here. Was he acting strange? He was acting strange when we saw him. Damn it, he did. He seemed fine, and then he went out there for a couple days, and then he came back, and he was... uh, He left without even saying goodbye or nothing. I mean, he just pulled out of here wild-eyed and upset. I just thought he was mad about something. Or Walter Lamb is a national treasure. Oh, my God. If they could get to Walter Lamb, they could get to any of us. Would Zelda be in trouble? I tried to call her. Did she answer? Are you talking about Zelda Grantham? Yes. We gotta kill these sons of bitches. Well, Lewis, I see you're in. I've watched The Lucky Bachelor 15 times. (laughs) I I don't know. Well, if they're aliens, we need to take care of it. Ain't no diplomacy gonna work here. I'll get my truck. And he turns the sign to close in front of the inn. And walks outside to go get a truck. You're an honorable man, Lewis. Does that mean you're not coming with us? Oh, I'm coming. I'm going to find out the truth and I'm going to expose for them for, for what they are. Give me a moment. I need to put on my face. And be Joanne Lamore, the star, on set. So I come out with the fur coat, jewels sunglasses like the sun hat for the desert lewis pulls around this impeccable impeccably dressed joanne lamore ready for the day of being joanne lamore steps out onto the street lewis is going to drive his truck does everybody want to get into his truck or Haley stone is going to drive her car right yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm showing up in Haley Stone's car. You can ride with me, buddy. I'm with you. Lewis, it's a good name. My mom almost named me Lewis. All right. You guys start to drive out in outside of the Indio Hills town proper. And you start driving further towards the actual Indio Hills, the, the, the mountains. And the desert is now taking hold of you. Like, you start to see less greenery and less civilization. And you get to a point where Lewis stops his truck, pulls off on the side of the road, and Haley, you pull up behind. And he says, up over that hill there, tucked back behind that hill. That's where they said they were at. We'll have to walk a piece, but are we ready for this? How can you be ready for something when you don't know what's going to happen? But we have to go. All right. Here's the parts. Haley, 
You are my stunt driver. Murphy, you are my security. Yes, ma'am. And Lewis, they know who you are. So you you came along to give directions and I invited you along as a fan. I've never been on a film set before. Correct. Everybody, we're happy to be here and um, yeah. wanted to check on Bonnie. It's always strange hearing you. <laughs> it's always strange hearing you talk about a Bonnie. I got a Bonnie. <laughs> got a young daughter named Bonnie. And I pull out my wallet and I show show a picture of my two little girls. And take a look. We recognize these two. Please tell me. There's one girl who is very young. Maybe this picture is from five years ago. So early teens. But it looks a lot like the girl whose headshot you just saw a couple days ago. Uh which which one is Bonnie? <laughs> well, that one right there, the older, the younger one's Elizabeth. And when when did you last talk with Bonnie? Oh, <laughs> so I I can't say I've talked to them for quite some time because of your experience. When I say I lost everything, I mean I lost everything and everyone. Haley. You recognize this girl, yes. Huh? Recognize her? What What do you mean? I do, miss. I think it's best that we get this out here. That is Bonnie Hunsacker. The actress that was on this film set. What? You said my girl's in trouble? Murphy. And I grab his Murphy. I don't like it any more than you do. I don't like... Any of this. I'm, I'm about to panic. But you can't. You have the experience here. Oh. <sighs> I don't have experience with my daughter being in trouble. I sure don't have experience in that. Do you, we need information, right? That's what we came here for. To find out what they're doing, right? <gasps> And then we also have to find out where Bonnie, your real Bonnie, is or what's happened to her. Right? Right. We gotta... We gotta play this smart. And as hard as it may be. But I'll tell you what. If they've harmed my little girl, heads will roll. You all walk. The sun is still low in the sky, so it's not particularly hot. But you can feel the eventuality of heat. You get over the hill, and you look down, and you see this large building as a flat roof. And it looks like it's built out of a patchwork of aluminum and wood and it is covered, held together with mud, almost like this flat, kind of rounded, not quite circular building with a flat roof. You don't see any signs of people here. There are no other cars. There are no other trucks. It's just the building, and the front door is closed. So you're at the top of the hill, 
You start to make your way down. You get closer to this door. Who is going to do what? I feel like I'm going to be the one that opens the door. Like I'm going to hold it for Miss Lamar. Or maybe it would be the security guy. That's your role. Yeah, and I'm, I have my, my hand at my holster ready to, ready to leap into action here. You reach out your hand and this door is held into place with a makeshift, it's like a wooden slat that can be manipulated and swing into place uh, onto a latch. So it's kind of like a doorknob almost, but it kind of just swings into a latch. To, it can lock the door, basically, from the inside or the outside. Mm. And you raise that latch up and swing the door open, and the light behind you floods into this building. And you see in the center of this building, in the center of this room, it's one room, it's still dirt floors, and the dirt at the center of this room is dug out. You see a pit in the center of this room, and the light shining in can show the walls. You see, it illuminates the walls, and you see outlines almost like chalk outlines of shadows of people's bodies in different poses, arms reaching towards the sky. Some have their hands close to them. And they're all around the room where there is no shadow on the wall where these drawings end, almost like a background. You see a mess of geometric shapes all along the walls, filling in the rest of the space, drawn in, no rhyme or reason, from the center of this pit. You see a hand grab a hold of the ground, and then another hand, and this face emerges as the man from the night before pulls himself up into view, his eye black and glassy, his face still bruised and wounded from the attack. And he says, on behalf of Diocles, I welcome you 